Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. I'm going to, I know that last week we started off on prophetic stuff and we would still be looking into that area, but we would go by it through this way. Fellowship, a key to preservation. I did not say fellowship, the key to preservation, because there are other components to it. But fellowship, a key to preservation. Preservation means that you are preserved as a Christian and you can have the opportunity not to be snatched away by the devil. And we will start off by the, um, the scripture we have Matthew, Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. Jesus clearly told us, Jesus said, I am sending you out like a sheep among wolves. He said, therefore be shrewd as a snake and innocent as a dove. So God is saying, see, I understand you are not exempted from the challenges and the wolves. You know, part of the word the scripture talks about wolves are also talking about about um, about about false prophets and all these kind of things also be, it's also part of that in that um, part. But when God Jesus said, "I am sending you as a sheep among wolves," that means that one you have as if you compare a sheep with a wolf, the wolf has claws, the whole wolf has sharp teeth, but the but the sheep has none of this. But there are a couple of things that the sheep has. One is the shepherd. That's why the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He said, though I am walking through the valley of shadow of death, that means that I may be walking in the midst of wolves because he is with me. However, one other thing, see, when the Bible uses animals, as an example, he expects you to kind of have an understanding of what those animals are and what they do. In fact, he helps you to understand and appreciate more the scriptures when you begin to question why is God using this. Another example, you know, a particular example which you may not necessarily look at that in the scriptures is when um, Elijah had Elijah was was when there was famine, and the Bible says that God used a raven, a bird called raven, and the raven took food to Elijah. If you don't, if you don't get to a point whereby you are studying the scriptures to kind of see why did God choose a raven, why did He not choose a dove? When you begin to do so, your research on the revenue, you discover that 
the most stingy animal on earth is a river. He would rather see his, his child die than to share food. Now God now said, you, go and deliver food for my servant. So that, that can, that shows you that, you know, God is saying, no matter how difficult the situation is, even the most difficult thing that you think is the most difficult, I don't, nobody has ever had a reason, share food. No, it's not even sharing food. It's even forbidden to eat the food that God is sending to his servant. And he delivered it safely. So what I'm trying to say is that just before, is that when God begins to point at a particular thing in the scriptures, he's using them as an example. So when he says, I am sending you like a sheep among wolves, what he's saying is that, one, you need to understand that the, your defense mechanism is different. The University of Illinois was doing there is this um, there is this research that they did on 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 animals. They have a livestock um, um, uh, division where they study animals and things like that. So in one of their research, they found that when they were talking about sheep, they, they, their characters they have. This character, which you have, sheep are derogatory. Gregarious. So they 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 gregarious. Now, one of the what, what does that mean? It means that a sheep. It, it, it means that the sheep they band together. They keep together when they are grazing and when they are moving around. I love this part that says, this, 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 this isn't because they particularly like each other. He said, although they are social animals, but it is rather for protection. So when the sheep are together, one of the things that that does as part of their instincts is to keep them safe. Is to keep them safe. So, so when, when we are talking about being a sheep, one of the major things that God is pointing out for your protection, for our protection, is fellowshipping together. I will be looking at that, and, and you know, I know that it's quite an interesting conversation to have now, but when we begin to understand the major reasons why it is important, then whatever dimension you want to um, add up it's not, you want to you want to devise you will still make sure the major things are still there does that make sense? God help us in Jesus name so the Bible says here when we go to Hebrews chapter um, 10 from verse 21 it says since we have a great high priest over the household of God. Now what he's saying is that, is that when it comes to Christianity, we are a family. It is a family thing. It is not an organization. God does not see his house as an organization. 
He sees it as a family. He said, let us, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with full assurance of faith, having our faith sprinkled, sprinkled having, our, having our heart sprinkled to cleanse us from, from guilt. Let us hold unwaveringly to unswavingly to to our hope of confession. For he, pro, for he who promises faithful, he now said, let us, let, let us consider how we spur one another towards good love, towards love and good deeds. Not giving up the meetings of one another, even as some are in, in the habit of doing so. Another version will say that even as we see the days come. So if you go before, uh, before they said, make sure that, no, sorry, just leave it there, please. He said, let us hold on to our faith. So what he's saying is that your lifeline, he said, he said not, and verse 21 says, we, how do we do that? Verse 24, we keep encouraging one another. We keep speaking to one another. We keep the communication on. Why? So that, he said, and do not give up the meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Encouraging one another, even as the day approaches. What does he say? As the evil days are approaching. So he's saying, as the day continues, please ensure that the connection is there. Ensure that the connection is there. You know, Paul was saying, uh, 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 in first John, sorry, John was saying that the Bible says, he says, that which from the beginning which we have had us and which we have seen with our eyes, while we have looked at our, we have looked and our hands have touched, we have proclaimed the word of life. Now, if we go to verse, verse 3, he says, we proclaim to you that which we have seen and heard, so that you may also fellowship with us. So our basis, why we are sharing the gospel of Christ, is so that you can we, we can have a fellowship together. We can build a family together, and we'll get we'll get to that. And he said, now that fellowship does not only include both of us. But when we come together, when we are connecting as a family, guess what is happening? They said, and the fellowship of the Father with the Son Christ. He said, he said, your fellowship with us, not only with us alone, but our fellowship is with. So our fellowship, that means that when you come to fellowship with us, our fellowship now is with the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. What the Bible is saying to us is that when it comes to fellowshipping together, it, it is not only both of you that is involved. God comes into that mist. And it is important, like we read before, even as the day gets closer, as the day they get closer, God grants us grace in Jesus' name. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. 
the Bible says, the Bible says that, he said, so, this is how they were doing. So when, so then, those who accepted the message, now please understand, and we'll get to that point, the basis of fellowship. See, you can add every other thing to it, but the basis of fellowship should is going to be the basis of the gospel. When I mean the gospel is that you have a clear understanding. That does not mean that I cannot talk to you about McDonald's. But the basis of our friendship, our fellowship, has to be based on the word. He said, he said, he said, so then those who accepted the message and were baptized on the day where about 3,000 souls had them together, added to the body of believers. They were continually they, sorry, they were continually and faithfully devoting themselves. Now, so what are we trying to talk about here? They deliberately they made personal um, they made personal personal, uh, what's it called? They made personal um, decisions to say that this is what I am going to do. He said they devoted themselves, devoting themselves to the instruction of the apostles and to fellowship. So it wasn't, and you would see, again, I will get to the point why the Bible clearly states that this thing is a key to preserving your life as a Christian. So it says here, it says, it says, heat it together, and the, the sense of our way felt by everyone, sense of us was felt by everyone, and many wonders of science. We'll get to that later on. But the Bible says that when they, were, when they became believers, they decided to devote themselves to the instructions of the apostles and to the fellowship and to eating of meals together to pray. You know, I was talking to somebody that said, at times, even in, in the body of Christ, if, if I don't get along with it, and I, I might not even, you know, some, some sad events or places, I'm not even hit. Because you say that my mind is not going to, you know, whatever the case may be. I would say, even if, if you come to the house of family, I say, don't worry, thank you. The Bible says, no matter what their condition is, either they are good friends or not. The fact that, that's why when Jesus said, now please look at Jesus, the way Jesus spoke about this. Jesus said that when you go to somebody's house, in a, a, a entire village, when you go there, when they ask you, when you when they receive the gospel, Jesus said, sleep in the house. That's what Jesus told us. He didn't say that, do you know them? Are they, are you? No, he said sleeping. Why? Because of the basis of the gospel. Now, this is where the challenge is. When people say that, you know, I, you know uh, when the Bible says that be prepared to give your life for the gospel, people go, no, 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 no we, we have to. God will grant us grace in Jesus' name. So I find this aspect. Amen. So let's, let's just go on, please. Um, so, you know, the Bible also says here, I'm pointing at the fact of deliberate. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 to 3. 
He says, with all loneliness and gentleness, with long suffering, as I was talking about, with long suffering, that means that it is a long, drawn out process. He said, bearing one another in love, endeavoring. What does endeavoring mean? That means that you create a habit to make sure you keep the unity of or spirits and bondage. See, the body of Christ, see, they, they, they are, and, and these, are, these are things that I will probably, you know, we will probably get to and I would, I, would, I would explain to you why this is so important of not being devoured. But I'm just trying to create the mindset of the scriptures when he tells you, he talks about fellowshipping. Jesus, this is Jesus talking. In Matthew chapter 18, from verse 15, he said, if your brother or sister sins, go point out, point it out to them. Just between two of you. If, 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 they, if they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they don't listen to you, take one take one or two others along with you so that that very matter may be established it may be established by the testimony of two witnesses of them. Please, in our own modern English Bible, this verse 16 is what we call ganging up on me or gossip. They've got to talk about it. This is Jesus. This is, see, that is why there are so many things that the Bible prescribes. But Christians don't know. This is not, he said, he said, let them be. A test. So what they are standing there to say, well, we told you. Now, Jesus God went on and said, let's go to verse 17. He said, which was that says, if they still refuse to listen, tell you to where? Hold it. He said, if they refuse to listen even to the church. Treat them as a pagan and a tax collector. So truly, I tell you, whatever you now decide on that issue, you know we call this scripture. Whatever you bind on earth, is bind on earth. So whatever you you whatever you bind on earth as a church is bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth is lost in heaven. Now, what Jesus was saying is that see, it is a family. There is no, you cannot be someone that cannot be spoken to. And I will get to that reason is because if, especially because the ship is moving together, when there is danger, somebody should be able to say, you are in trouble. This is getting too much. But if we take away those alarm systems that God has put around us, you will walk gallantly into the mouth of the world. God grants us understanding in Jesus' name.
Amen. So we go to um, now Hebrews chapter three, and this is where we are getting more closer. I said, "See to his brothers and sisters that none of you, that none of you, has a sinful and unbelieving heart, turning away from the living God, but encourage one another." Another version, the NLT, we say, but warn one another, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness. So he's saying, this is why you need to keep in church. This is why you need to open up, because if you are not careful, the devil would you would be hardened. Do you know what hardened means? You know, when you have a muscle, when the muscle is not constantly exercised, what happens? It gets, it becomes stiff. So he's saying that, he's saying, make it a habit. He said, see to it. What does it mean? He said, this, you have, it is your responsibility to make sure that you, are, you keep reaching out. Especially in this time of lockdown, it is your responsibility to make sure you talk to somebody. You you gather yourself together in prayer. Make sure you are part of the body. You are not disconnected. That is why I said that we may be having this in a different dimension, but as long as these values, we know what to look for. So what it is today? Said said so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. He said, we have come to share Christ if indeed we hold on firm to our conviction, firmly to the head. Remember how Jesus was talking about this initially that we spoke about this? That's what I say. saying. It is your being accessible to be warned. I don't know if you've seen it in NLT. It says warned, not encouraged, because at times when we say encouraged, the way we, we, we translate it may be different. It says warned. It said, or else you will not make it to the end. That's what he's saying here. He said, for indeed, we hold on to our original. So they have not changed your salvation. <laughs> Till the end, just as it has been said, today, if you hear his voice and not hardening your heart, please, we will get to that point. But I'm as well pointing out here. His voice, that means that if your brother is warning you, it is God speaking. I know God hasn't spoken to me about it. I know what God is talking to me about. He said, if you will not harden your heart, and you, you, he, he said, as you did in your rebellion. Please note that in the context of what he's talking about. And please, you know, when, one of the things I need to quickly point out is that when Paul is writing, most of his is writing to a church. Is writing to a church.
God help us all in Jesus' name. Now, the apostles were used to this kind of thing. When Paul had the problem, I said, when Peter had the problem, the Bible says, after they are beating them, the Bible says that on their release, Peter and John. Now, this were the elders of the church. But the Peter and John went back to their own people and they reported everything that the high priest had said to them. These days, now, if I get and I have an issue, I will not even talk to anybody about it. There is no way to pour out my heart. He says, he says, and when they had this, they raised their voice together in prayer to God. Now, James chapter 5. So, James chapter 5. From verse um, verse 15. Now, I think I need to, because at times people take that part of scriptures when they say confess or say to one another. But let's read it a little bit in a bit of context. The Bible says, the prayer of faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sin, he will be forgiven. So basically what God is saying is that, I know that in verse 12, in verse 16, I'm going to tell you that confess your sin to one another. But don't now turn it to be hard. No wonder, you will never, you can never succeed in life again. Why? Because you are committed to it. So, he said, before the person opens up their mind, know in your heart that that mistake that they made is not a license to their kids. It's not that they're getting it. Does that make sense? So, that's why he started off by saying, if he has committed sin. See, one thing I just, by the wayside, sin can, I'm not saying sin does, sin can lead somebody to sickness. But sin has no power to keep somebody in sickness. Does that make sense? So somebody says, ah, somebody has done this sin. That is why he's, he's sick. Could be. But when forgiveness comes into place, that sin has no power over that person. So sin can lead somebody to sickness, but it cannot keep that person in sickness. That's why I said, even if he has committed sin, he will forgive. Now, in our way, we said, therefore, for this reason, having this understanding, confess your sins to one another. What he's talking about is not that only I stole this, I stole it. No, he said, even when you have made errors, even he said, he said, your missteps or your offenses, you know, have been struggling with unforgiveness in my heart. You know, this person offended me, and it's difficult for me. God has been dealing with me about it. But I need your help to pray around. That is, he said, he said, he now went back and said, pray for one, one another so that you may be healed. Went back to us. The previous verse. So, even if you are facing a challenge because of a problem, you, if you are talking to me as a brother, I need to understand verse 16 well. 
that sin can, uh, when I mean sin, I've explained it, that's why I use the amplified. Wrongdoings, missteps, maybe you invested in something you should not be investing in. You get a time, you say, maybe you go out with friends and you get involved in some sort of kind of trouble and, and, and things like that. That, I should be able to know that once we have spoken and we pray about it together, that case should be resolved. So I cannot hold you in sin. That's what I'm saying. So he now said, all of you, again, I love, that's why I love the way James put it. Now, verse 17, he now said, the heartfelt of a persistent prayer of, of, of a heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, bracket believer, accomplish much. When it is put into action, it is made effective by God, not by what you're saying. God himself joins in that. Now, in our way to verse 17, he said, Elijah is a man like us. Why, why did he go to Elijah? He went to Elijah because he was talking to brothers. You should be able to speak to one another. Some of us, the only person you want to speak to is one spiritual person that has come from heaven. So he now said, Elijah is just like you. When I say to you, you should be able to open up to one another, hold one another's hand and pray. You can do it. You don't need a lighter to come and do the same. So God, God grants us understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. So just because of um, Ephesians, let's go back to Ephesians. Yeah, it says Ephesians chapter 4. Now, please, that, that's why I said, that's why I said he's writing to Christians and the church. He's writing to Christians and the church. So he said, if anyone who has been stealing, he said, don't steal again, but they must walk. Doing things that is useful with their hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only things that are helpful. So that means that if somebody is still and they change their ways to want to, to become productive, he said, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. But only what is helpful and that may benefit those who listen. Now please look at Verse 13. You want to know what grief the Holy Spirit. He says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit. With whom? So basically, rather than when Christians, when when in the in the body of Christ, or in a, in, in a, as a, as as a group, we are talking about. That's why Paul did not say. Speak to benefit those who listen. He first of all addressed that if you are committing an, a sin, you need to stop. So when somebody says what you are doing is wrong, you say, well, the Bible says that you should only speak things that are helpful. No, verse, verse 28 says if you are stealing, stop. 
God grants us grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Things again go First John chapter one verse six to six and seven. He says, if we claim we fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, he says we lie and have no truth in us. He says, if we walk in light as is in he is in the light, we fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us. So that means that. When I decide to walk in the light of God, I have and I come into fellowship. One thing happens in the process of fellowshipping, the blood of Jesus washes me away. Again, what did the Bible talk about? The Bible said about hardening your heart. And um, Hebrews chapter 9. Let's go on, please. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14 said, How much more shall the blood of Christ? We're talking about it said. Through the eternal, offered by the eternal spirit, unblemished um, um, to God, cleanse your conscience. So one of the ways by which the blood is sprinkled is when we are constantly talking to one another. He said, so that it will cleanse your conscience. By the word. So we go to Hebrews. Um, sorry. Is it, um, Hebrews, he says, he says, now this is where I was talking about. He says, you must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. That's why he said, the blood, when we fellowship, the blood washes our conscience. First John. Sorry, um, now, at times, people have this notion, I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. And the Bible says, that's why I try, I try to start from 26, but if you go back to 21, 22, Paul was addressing young people who were who kept taking sin as a laughter. And there were people who were telling them not to bother about Jesus. Not to not bother that you can serve Jesus, but you know, the sacrifice of Jesus is not really. So Paul was saying to them, said, I am writing to you to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. So Paul is saying, I am writing to you. That means I am telling you, you, do, you have received the Holy Spirit which lives within you. So you do not need anyone to teach you what is true. Now, people, some people take this scripture out of context. I say, no, I can't be an island on my own. The Bible says I don't need a teacher. That is not what Paul was talking about. That's why he said, I am writing to you to warn you. If you don't need a teacher, Nobody will have to own What Paul is saying is that you two should get to a point where somebody is saying that, you know, you can fornicate, you can do this, you can do that. You should know. The Holy Spirit should be able to tell you this is wrong. That's what Paul was talking about. 
Because when we go to Matthew chapter 28, you would see what Jesus was. Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Teaching them. He didn't say the spirit to teach them. He said, you teach them. What to, to obey everything I've commanded See, one of the ways that which God preserves us from heresy, errors, falling away, is that we remain in the confines of, his, of, of the household. And there are particular things that God expects to be available. I would use an example for you, and I would use that to kind of round this, pull this together. When David wanted to fight Goliath, David went and looked for smooth stones. One of the things why he used smooth stone was that, you know, when a stone is not smooth enough, when it, sh it shoots it, it may bounce off that element. But as smooth as the soul, it has no rough edges. That stone would be useful. And one of the things, and I think, and it's, it's, and it's an example of what God expects Christians to be like. He wants to be able, like David wants to fight Goliath. He wants to go and pick his, his own stone where David picked his stone. Where David picked his stone was what you call pebbles. They are very um, smooth, smooth um, stones. For Samuel, the Bible says, verse 17 to 14, he said, then he took his staff in his hand and he chose five smooth stones from the stream and he put them in his pouch of his shepherd's bag with a sling in his hands and he approached the Philistines. What can we learn from picking those five stones from the stream? Let's go see. When you Google it, you see pebbles are like, these are the Stones they are talking about. But one thing happens to these pebbles. How do they become smooth stones? One, the water keeps washing over them. So it smooths off their hedges. And when they are bouncing off one another, so there are two things that make a pebble what it is. Or a smooth stone. The washing of water over them. And the friction that they have as they are clustered together. How does that speak to us? Ephesians chapter 5 tells us husband love your wife as Christ loved the church that he gave himself to her. Making her holy and clean by the washing of water through the word. 
So how do how does God make sure the water keeps streaming over 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 his stones? Is the constant war that keeps coming. It keeps washing them away. It keeps washing them away. So when you are in fellowship, one of the major key stones and key um, points is that it has to be founded on the scriptures. Because that is where your washing comes from. That is where you are constantly washed. Please notice again, Paul was talking to the church. Because he was, he was not using a church as an example. He would say, he would say something like, um, to make you holy and clean. He didn't say that. He said to make I. Why? He was talking about the fellowship. So when the word keeps coming, he said so that he can present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. So that means that if a fellowship, if a gathering doesn't have constant washing of the world, wherever God wants to go, they just use the disinfectant to, to <laughs> air freshener. So because the, the place is... And we said two things about the Bible. One, the washing of water. Two, the friction of the stones. That's why the Bible says in in in, um, in um, what was it called? Is it in Proverbs twenty-seven? What it says? She said, "Iron will sharpen iron." So that connection is needed because that is the way the pebbles are are shaping for God to be able to pick them up and use them properly. Or else, if that stone is picked up, it will just bounce off. Because it's not well, it's not, it's not well polished. It's not well polished. Acts chapter 20 is going to be We are back to where we started from. He said, so guard yourselves and God's people. Feed them as a shepherd of the flock, for of a shepherd of his uh, flock, is, of God's flock, his church, which he purchased with his blood. When the Holy Spirit has appointed you shepherds or leaders, I know false teachers, false teachers like vitreous wolves, dangerous wolves, will come into the flock. Why? Because if the flock is not kept, if, there, if these things, if the standards are not ensuring that the scriptures is, is founded, guess what? They will come. He said the flock, he said, and he said they will come in after I leave. Why? Because I am the one making sure. That's why he was telling the way Paul will write to them. Please make sure that there are certain things. Your fellowship is key. Why? Because the, the wolf will come. And when he comes in, 
He says he will not spare anyone from you. But what did Paul say in 31? If you go to verse 31, he said, So be on your guard. Remember, I never stopped warning you about this. What do you want about? Your fellowship, ensuring that that doesn't lose. And I said, but now, what I can do, I will commit you to God and to his word. What are we talking about? The water that will keep washing, that will keep washing, that will keep washing. If you separate yourself out, if you say, I know, I can't, no, 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 no. See, I, I know how God speaks to you. It is a recipe to be heated by words. May not, but that is scriptures. That's why Paul said, as the day draws close, ensure you are hoping. It may not be what we are taught, but that is our survival as Christians. It may not be what the world teaches us. But that, that is why when Jesus approached and he was quite and he was he was trying, he wasn't offending his parents. He was trying to lay a foundation when he said to them the people that are gathered here are my family. When he said, no, these are my family. Why? Because he was trying to put show us that this is how you stay safe. You may not be able to physically connect, but make sure these values are remaining. And no matter how well you model the way the church is going to go, ensure that accountability is still there. Ensure that you have you can you you have someone that would call that you be visible to people that when they see you going the wrong way they can quickly point you out. There is nothing in scriptures that teaches us church life, my private life. It is not scriptural. I know it's not. It is not scriptural. Why? Because. The devil will also be good to you. You will spend in church a very wonderful Christian life. He will ensure that when you get home, he gives you his jersey to come and play with you. Now you will be living life. And but what has happened? You have separated yourself from the flock. God grant us grace in Jesus' name. Let us rise up. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.